Welcome to Lung Cancer Considered, the podcast of the International Association for the Study of Lung Cancer, a global organization dedicated to research and practice advances in thoracic oncology. You can find all our podcasts on SoundCloud and at IASLC.org in the newsroom. We're your hosts, Dr. Narjus Duma and Dr. Stephen Liu. Welcome to Lung Cancer Considered. I'm Dr. Stephen Liu. And I'm Dr. Narjus Duma today. We'll be talking a look at the upcoming ISLC World Conference on Lung Cancer, sharing some tips and tricks for navigating this important meeting. And this is our first World Conference on Lung Cancer virtual. Yeah, I mean, I, I know we're all disappointed not to be meeting in person, but it clearly is necessary to do it in a virtual manner. And, you know, I think it, it is particularly hard here because WCLC, the World Conference on Lung Cancer, is one of those meetings that we all look forward to, like years in advance. I had planned on introducing all my friends to to durian fruit and going to the hawker markets and you know it really hits home that we are missing each other. You know I know this is a meeting you were looking forward to as well, Narjus. Yes, and and I think you know going to work conference is like I'm Latina, so I have quite a good number of cousins. Some of them are no real cousins, but that you just call them cousins. So going to work conference alone cancer is like having that family reunion with those cousins that you only see in social media, but you know their family in a way. And you know, some of our friends Stephen, they're so far away from us. Yeah, like they're... and I have to name Tommy and Alfredo because they're like in a different continent. And I always look into work conference to see to see those friends that are so far away. Yeah, the the ISLC tells us most members remember their first WCLC, and you know I, I can I can share. I certainly remember mine. It was 2013, Sydney, Australia, and I had just started at Georgetown. And you know, I, looking back, I, I remember being a little overwhelmed. I didn't prep at all. I just kind of went there and just followed the crowds, which I don't I don't recommend. You know, but that year there were so many big studies. We were hearing about a phase one study of a drug called CH5424802, uh, which we now know as electinib, and MK3475. I remember those talks from uh, Dr. Eddie Guerin, which we now know as pembrolizumab. So much early data, such an exciting time. But you know, when, when I look back at, at that meeting, one of the moments that sort of stands out to me the most was on the way home. You know, I'd flown to Sydney by myself. I'd flown back. And had a connection, I think, in Newark, maybe. And, you know, you have to pick up your luggage after immigration. I remember I was waiting for my bag to come out. There weren't a lot of people around. And I was kind of standing, waiting for my bag. I'm kind of looking at the ground. I'm tired. And then I, I see these, and I can still see them. I'll never forget them. These super fancy shoes. They were like these brown dress shoes with broguing at the tips and the toes were like a dark blue. They were like blue and then it was a gradient into the brown. They were, they were just the coolest shoes I'd ever seen. I'd never seen shoes like that. And I'm thinking, who could wear shoes that, that cool? And my gaze kind of floats up and it's Ross Kamish, whom I had just seen on the podium. And, you know, junior faculty. I was pretty starstruck. And I'm just kind of mustering up the courage to introduce myself, to say hi. And I'm thinking like, how should I open? Should I start like with a question about his talk? Or should I say we were just at the same meeting? Or is it weird to kind of ask him about his shoes? So I like this is, I'm overthinking this. I'm just going to go up and say, my name is Stephen Liu. I'm at Georgetown. It's really nice to meet you. I really admire the work that you've done. So I look up and I kind of wait for him to make eye contact with me kind of waiting a long time. And then I realized that 
I think he kind of sees me already in the corner of his eye, but he doesn't move for like a long time. So he finally turns his neck and we lock eyes like way too long. And I, I'm just, I don't know what to say. Cause it's already too awkward. So he, we don't say anything. And then like, after what seems like a full minute, he just kind of walks away and it was <laughs> super awkward. Eventually I did introduce myself, but it was like a year later and you know, he's such a nice guy. And I mean, everyone in ISLC is so nice. And I think especially just draws such kind, empathetic people. But at the time I was just in such awe and really just kind of too scared to say anything. And, you know, it's more meaningful to me because five years later at World Lung in Toronto, we were on the podium together for the presidential plenary in 2018. And yeah, I don't know the, you know, World Lung for me, I, I just have memories from every single meeting. I think because it's such a, such a fun social group. Is, is there a meeting that stands out for you, Narjus? There are two stories. I think one is my first work conference along cancer. I was a resident and I have a, my first oral presentation in an international meeting as a resident. So I, I remember getting the notification in my email and like crying of happiness, calling my grandma. And then like two weeks later, a sense of doom just invaded me. It's like, oh, I'm doing an oral presentation at work conference along cancer. I just turned as a PGY2. I finally know how to replete potassium, but I don't know if I can do this thing. So I, I, I remember traveling to Denver and just being so afraid the entire meeting, just waiting for my talk. And, and finally, my talk happened and I, I started enjoying the meeting. But I think having that opportunity, Stephen, to somebody believing in me so early, I just turned a PGY2 and giving me a small auto presentation was like, yes, the oncology com- community is my community. And that was very important because around those years, I feel like I didn't belong in medicine because, you know, as a Latina in medicine, you, you can look around and don't see other Latinas. So you may feel like you don't belong. So Having that invitation to give an auto presentation about metformin and lung cancer, I think was so important for my career. Yeah, and- I feel like I, I think that World Lung really does give a lot of the opportunities to to trainees and, and junior sort of faculty that that have something to say. And that that was a, a great meeting. I remember that meeting because at the same time, I don't know if you remember, Nadjus, at the same time in the same convention center, we took up half the convention center and the other half was like an anime Comic-Con convention. Do you remember that? I don't remember that. I do remember the very good food across the street <laughs> from the conference center. For some reason, I couldn't eat before my presentation. And my presentation was at 3.30 p.m. So I remember just talking for 10 minutes and going to eat. Uh, but I don't remember the anime, but I do remember. No, it was, yeah, there, there was, it was like an anime convention. Cause I remember seeing all kinds of people in costumes and I thought there was a real missed opportunity to have like a, a dual membership, dual entry fee to, to go to both. Cause I would have sat in on of those, I'm sure that you, you mentioned you had a couple stories. Yeah. And, but my other story, I think is 2019 Barcelona and I think the whole rain thing really, so there's some people I knew in the lung cancer community but Barcelona was my first year as, as faculty. I became faculty three weeks before Barcelona. I was still starting for my oncology boards. And, you know, there's some people I knew already, but the larger community. But when we were waiting there, 
this very limited space under the rain. And I remember seeing Haas all sucking wet and he looked at me and I'm all sucking wet. That point, uh, friendship started without words because we were there all sucking wet. And it was not only me, like the CEO was all wet. We were all, Dr. Matias from Brazil, we were all there just waiting to stop and it wouldn't stop raining and there was no taxis. So for me, that was a moment like you develop friendships and moments that are like full of adversity, if you want to say. And and since then, I think Hulls carries an umbrella with him wherever he goes. So <laughs> those are some of my favorite memories of our work conference. It's a fun meeting. And, you know, it's a social meeting, but WCLC is known for the huge amount of material presented. And this year is no different. Um, so we wanted to share a few tips and suggestions to the listeners for navigating this year's meeting. As a reminder, the meeting dates are January 28th to January 31st. Now, given that this meeting should have been in Singapore, the timing of the meeting does center around that time zone. But thought has gone into offering the plenaries, of which there are two per day, at times that will work most broadly around the world. We, along with the ISLC, would like to thank the meeting organizers, Dr. Yilong Wu, Ross Su, and Daniel Tan, for their incredible flexibility this year. The planning has been quite challenging during this time, and Yilong, Ross, and Daniel, along with the regional and program committees, have stayed committed and focused to putting on a really great meeting. And I, I think it's important to mention that, yes, we have an early presidential like presentation this year, well, in 2020, but there's still a lot of very interesting data that's going to be presented at the meeting. And one of the benefits about the virtual meeting is that you can listen to the presentations wearing your pajamas. And while, you know, we were looking for the food and the travel, I, I think having the opportunity to learn wearing your pajamas is one of the few good things that we have learned this year. I, I particularly appreciate it. And all these presentations will be available later too, to be able to catch up. I think it's, it may be unrealistic to expect to watch everything, but I'm really looking forward to it. And I think something, one of my tips is to get ready for it. Like I make my coffee, I make my breakfast. It's like I prepare myself because you would do the same when, if you were in Singapore, right? You would wake up, get dressed and go down to the conference center. So I try to set everything up so my attention can be devoted to all these amazing presentations and the effort, you know, that the presenters put into the research, into the presentation deserves, you know, my attention. So I, I set everything up and I don't know what, what do you do, Stephen, when you're, you know, joining these virtual conferences now? Yeah. So first you, you got to block your calendar. You have to know the dates and you know, they're, they're set far in advance and just sort of in, in general WCLC tips, you want to know the registration dates and if it's not a virtual year, and hopefully next year, maybe, um, you want to book your accommodations early. I personally recommend booking for the whole block and then shorting it if you need to, because there's no penalty to shorten. And you don't want to be stuck without a place to stay. But for virtual, you got to put it on your calendar and you want to make sure you're not on call that week. You, you want coverage. You really want to immerse yourself in the meeting. You don't want to schedule anything else when, when you can be really digesting a lot of this, this sort of groundbreaking data. 
And I think another tip is to have the discussion. I think I learn a lot when I discuss with our colleagues. So during the presentations, there's going to be, you know, chats that you can discuss and social media. I think, you know, with the presidential symposium, we have a lot of conversations happening in social media and you get to exchange with your colleagues to try to balance the fact that, you know, you're not walking into Dr. West and and the hallway and say, hey, what do you think about this? So I think social media and the chat features make you feel like you get this change because I learn a lot from exchanging my thoughts with some of my colleagues and learning their perspective. Like when I talk to my colleagues in Latin America, they're like, oh, this is great data, but we don't have access to X or this is our patient population. So I, I really encourage the use of social media. There's a few people that you can follow that they're so good taking pictures of size and summarizing them that it provides a real change in between the community. Yeah. You know, when, when you're in the sessions, it's a lot of info. And I think at this point, most of us know how we learn best. You know, I personally take a lot of notes. That's just how I learn. I have to write it down. And if it's virtual, uh, I'll take screenshots. If it's in person, I'll take some pictures. Um, but I also know, as, as you mentioned earlier, I can get these slides later. I can re-listen to this later from the virtual library. And you know, one of the big things about ASLC is that the virtual library, I think, is, is the best of any conference. You know, or I can just get the slides from the presenter. So when I'm taking notes to myself, I try to capture the essential message, details, things I'm not sure about. And then I make sure that at the end of either the session or maybe at the end of the day, I go back and I flip through those notes and I kind of fill things in with those pictures because I'm never going to go back and look through these dozens of pictures again. So I've got to put it together right there. And I think you really hit on what I miss the most about these conferences. My initial reaction to the data is really colored by the people I experience it with. You know, people in the hallway, people I'm sitting next to at lunch, dinner, hotel lobby, when we're chatting about these things, their impressions influence mine. And it's hard to get that from the virtual format. So we have to use social media. We have to use the chat. I can tell you that after some of the meetings this year, some of the virtual meetings, I just invited a bunch of colleagues to a Zoom meeting. And we just sort of discussed, hey, what did you think about this? Is this real? Is this going to change practice? And you know, having that, that opportunity to bounce ideas and to bounce impressions off each other, I think is really important in solidifying a lot of that data and really absorbing it, not just, you know, listening to it, but, but really hearing it and incorporating it and thinking of how it's going to change our practice. And I think that's, that's really important. I, I think one thing for junior faculty and for trainees is that sometimes you're in this big conference room and then you have a question, but the fact of standing up, walking to the microphone, you are really thinking you may have a syncope before you ask the question. Because I have asked questions at national meetings and my heart goes like 180. So the virtual format has the opportunity for you to ask that question without having a syncope, which means you can ask the presenter on the chat. And I think I have asked more questions now with the virtual meeting than before, because we have to understand social concepts and you know, standing up in a meeting and going to the microphone, it can be difficult, right? When you're so junior and like next to you is Dr. Dr. West or Dr. Pennell, and you're like, okay, I don't want to sound stupid. 
So I think the chat is a big deal for me and for a lot of junior faculty. I agree. I, I think I've asked more questions too in the virtual format. And I, I think we all have. It's that's a great point. Now, you know, we, we we've got this exciting data coming out. The abstract titles are now released. Narjus, how do you know kind of what what to look at? I mean, do you do you go from top to bottom? Do you prepare in advance for what those sessions are? Well, I do have to say I have a little bit of advantage this work conference on al- lung cancer because we're part of the ISLC communications committee. So we have been talking about some abstracts. So that has helped me, you know, separate several, I would say group or abstracts. But oh I, no, no, definitely. And you know, plug for the the committees, definitely want to encourage all, all of our members to to apply to join our communities and, and contribute in that way. But for people that aren't on on the committee, uh, sort of how do they how do they know what to go to? I think, you know, I I tend to classify in early therapeutics, you know, large trials, large database analysis, and then survivorship. But that's associated to my interests. I think everybody would divide based on what they prioritize, right? What why is your career or what you will find that we help you tomorrow in clinic, for example. Yeah, that's that's what I do. I mean, you, you've got to prepare. You, there's so much going on, and um, there's you know, so much signal and, and very little noise that you really just need to be selective about what's most important to you. And you know, I know when I'm planning out my my WCLC, I look for impactful presentations that are they're going to shape my practice. I look for maybe areas where my knowledge isn't that strong, so I can really learn and, and get better in that area, and maybe have a chance to ask some some basic questions. And I will admit that I notice specific speakers as well. You know, if there's a dynamic speaker like Dr. Solange Peters, Dr. Tony Mock, I know that whatever they're talking about, I am going to learn something at that at that meeting. So I, I look at the speakers, I look at the titles, and comforted from knowing that I've got that virtual library as a backup. If I miss something, I can go back and listen to. And I, I do, you know, almost every week I'm pulling some uh, lecture and re-listening to it um, through through the virtual meeting. And, you know, I'm sure you do the same. I also will try to support my friends and and certainly mentees so I can make sure I can, I can start the round of applause when they finish talking. I I think that's, that's very important. I I do do the friend. I like, I support my friends. Like I have been in some of these work conference, lung cancer meetings that are very basic science research, which I don't do, but doctor, I have a, a colleague in the university of Colorado. So wherever she's presenting, and I may not understand 50% of what the discussion is. I will be there. And I'm the official photographer for her presentation. Most of the pictures are no good quality, but I still try. And one last thing I think I really want to mention about this work conference on cancer is the Woman in Thoracic Oncology event. So we hosted the first Woman in Thoracic Oncology event in Barcelona it was very early on the morning during the torrential rains. But this time, one of the benefits about the virtual format is that we're going to be able to host the second Women in Thoracic Oncology event Wednesday, January 20th from 5 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. We're going to have a keynote speaker, Dr. Julie Silver, and we are going to talk about aspects of being a woman in thoracic oncology. Uh, we're going to discuss tools, how we can navigate, uh, you know, a career in academia, industry, or private practice. And to everybody who's listening, it's free 
online and you can bring the beverage of your choice, of course, depending on what part of the world you are or what you prefer. But I'm really looking forward to the Women in Thoracic Oncology event. It's, it's a huge event. We got to make sure we get the word out and all trainees, all everyone at every level really should be, should be jumping in and, and, and taking something from it. And I'll, I'll tell all listeners to really pencil in the plenary sessions. You know, they're all can't miss, but especially the presidential, you know, it, it often will change practice, you know, and posters, you know, you, you've got to plan ahead for posters. Um, if, if it's in sort of in-person meeting, you could browse every poster, but time is short and, you know, life is easier if you kind of know what you're looking for. So when the titles get released, you have to glance over the titles. You have to take notes on what catches your eye. Our committees do a great job of going through each abstract, and they really try to highlight the highest impact work. But I've learned that every poster has something valuable to someone, and you really do need to skim through all of them because you might find the perfect collaborator for your next project, or you might learn something that's really going to help a patient you see the, the very next day. So I'm looking through all those posters. It's all high-quality work, but the plenaries, I think, are, are always a joy. Originally held every three and then every other year, in 2016, the WCLC moved to an annual conference, uh, meeting the, the rapid advances in the field and the need for updated educational content. WCLC interestingly rotates regions each year from the Americas to Europe to Asia and back. And I think, Stephen, that's very important because we're able to you know, travel to different regions Instead of just holding it in one place, it gives us the opportunity to visit or call it institutions or, or call it cities. And I think it's very exciting, you know, when we have friends that, let me show you Barcelona. And one of the things about 2021 is that we have two work conferences of lung cancer. And that's in part because 2020 Singapore was postponed until this January. So then you get two for one. I think it's a very good deal. We are going to have the January conference and then we're going to have the September conference that was originally was going to take place in Denver. And we are going to learn information about how the September conference is going to happen soon. And, and along those lines, I think it's important to talk about the 2020 World Conference on Lung Cancer. And as a researcher that specializes in women with lung cancer, particularly younger women, I'm looking forward to two presentations in the presidential symposium. One of them is the Taylor Chemotherapy Adjuvant Trial. I think adjuvant chemotherapy has been a subject of discussion for many, many years. Dr. Novello from the University of Torino is going to present the data. And I think we provide more information about what personalized medicine is. It is not only about you know the mutations, but incorporating it to adjuvant. And subsequently, the other presentation I'm really looking forward is the surgical and clinical outcomes on your adjuvant atisoluzumab for resectable stage 1B to a stage 3B. And we are seeing the natural process of immune checkpoint inhibitors move from second line in 2015 to first line in 2018 to now move into the adjuvant setting. And this is particularly important for me because I want to learn about the surgical outcomes and things that, you know, we we usually didn't talk in lung cancer, like complete pathologic response. That's something that when I was training in fellowship, that was a breast cancer thing. And 
seeing that coming to lung cancer is very, very exciting for me. I think there are some great talks at the presidential symposium. I highlighted two that I'll certainly be tuning into. We'll also get some of the, the phase two data from Sotiracib or AMG 510. Uh, this is an agent that uh, recently was granted breakthrough designation by the FDA for KRAS G12C, mutant non-small cell lung cancer. Uh, Dr. Bob Lee will give us some results from the Code Break 100 primary analysis. That's a big one. And I'm also looking forward to hearing the, the results from Keynote 598. We've heard the top-line results by press release that the addition of ipilimumab, the CTLA-4 inhibitor, to pembrolizumab, the PD-1 inhibitor, did not improve survival over pembrolizumab uh, alone as frontline treatment. Uh, and and you know, this was a bit of a surprise, and it'll be hard to reconcile that with the data we've seen from Checkmate 227 with nivolumab and ipilimumab. So I really want to see the details there and try to understand uh, why we have some discordant results. But all the, the details of the presidential symposium and all the plenary sessions are available at the WCLC website, and I'd encourage listeners to go check that out and really get those things on their calendar so they can be among the first to really hear some of these landmark studies. Well, these are our tips for this World Conference on Lung Cancer, and we also hope to see you in person soon in one of our upcoming meetings after we're able to. So thanks for joining us today, um, learning how to navigate the work World Conference on Lung Cancer, and we look forward to seeing you virtually in January. We hope to see you in person soon. Enjoy the WCLC and take care. Thank you for listening to Lung Cancer Considered. You can find all our podcasts on our website, www.iaslc.org, in our newsroom or on SoundCloud. Please take a moment to rank, like, and share your favorite episodes with your colleagues. 